Well, I have a million other things I should be doing right now, but I'll be damned if I don't want to talk about some stuff. <clears throat> and I have just forgotten what it is. Oh, yeah, I, okay. I knew it was wrestling related, and I said, well, wait a minute. I talked about I talked about Ric Flair and the plane ride and all that stuff last week. And, yeah, that's that's unfortunately, that's the unhappy stuff. That's the shitty stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I can't talk about that shit. It's so fucking gross. I mean, the the guys, there's, like, multiple cartoons for ESPN and for WWE Network where Rick, Rick Flair talks about walking up and down with his naked fucking ass in that, those, those robes of his swinging his wanger around like a helicopter. And, uh, and, you know, allegations of uh the making this flight attendant touch touch his penis rob van dam one of the wrestlers on the documentary saying that rick was putting her hand on his penis and now and now he's now he's walking that back it's very it's very interesting and then there's it's so funny that people you know Look, everybody talks out of both sides of their mouths, right? So you've got the fans. <laughs> it's just like it's just like with politicians. It's like, well, that's not true. It's a lie. But also, and then on the other on the other corner, on the other side of their mouth, they say, Oh, this is all stuff we've already known. We've known this for 20 years. Why are you upset now? I'm like, oh, 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 wait. So <laughs> so is it true? And we shouldn't be upset because we were all supposed to know this stuff for the last 20 years? Or is it a lie? According to all of the Ric Flair fans, it's all of the above. Okay, great. Anyway, yeah, so Ric Flair. I mean, look, I didn't know. I guess I'm an idiot. I knew about the plane ride from hell. Shimo and I have been joking about the plane ride from hell for 20 years because it sounded hilarious. Because the recaps of that story, the telling of that story since 2002, it sounds like a cartoon. Uh, there was in the in the in the late 90s or mid 90s, there was <laughs> there was a story of uh, it was it was Psycho Sid Sid Vicious, uh, Two Cold Scorpio, aka Flash Funk, as he was known in 96, 97 in WWE, and uh, the, this. This tag team, uh, Doug Furness and Philip Lafon. It was these four guys traveling to the next city for an event. And then their car, this isn't a funny story, but they got in a horrible car accident and the car flipped over. Because they're wrestlers, and I only know wrestlers from what I see of the wrestlers on TV, at that time, I remember Shima and I laughing because we pictured, we pictured this car driving up and down the road listen like i pictured them listening to their own theme songs that's what we pictured was like wrestlers just drive around listening to their own theme music so they're playing like flash funk's uh funky town song and uh and listening to like psycho sid's psycho music and i pictured that they're all in their wrestling gear so i picture sid he's there with his leather vest on dripping with sweat and baby oil and Flash Funk has his like futuristic pimp suit, jumpsuit and hat on and they're all just like they're pretending that they're on the wrestling and they're they're cutting promos on each other. Let me tell you something, Sid. And they're just uh you know, the other two guys are in their wrestling gear just sitting in the back doing nothing cuz they're boring. Um and then the just you know, just a bunch of nonsense and Sid's just he Psycho Sid used to just get on the microphone and just scream. Never never made any sense. And it was the greatest. So it was, I loved his interviews. I loved his promos. Cause they would just come out and say, Hulk Hogan, I rule the world. And you don't know nothing from the not to nothing, and you don't have the power. It's just gibberish, nonsense. But he's screaming it. He's so intense. Nobody cared. Just like the Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior was just gibberish. It was just crap. But you just scream it, and yet he was so intense. The Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, my warrior, send the rocket ship to the sun, Hulk Hogan. You know, and it's just fucking cartoon nonsense. But it was great. That's what was great about it. Bright colors, thumping music. 
big muscular sweaty guys screaming at each other about fucking nothing. So Joe and I used to laugh. There was this car accident with Psycho Sid, Flash Funk. And that's the thing. When it's reported, when like news outlets report stuff about wrestlers, they usually use their wrestling name because nobody knows their real name in a lot of cases. Certainly not in the 90s. The internet came along and then we got to learn everything. I remember falling off my chair when I was like, oh my God, these wrestlers have actual names. Oh my God. What? That's not that's not his real name. Ultimate Warrior is not his. Of course, Ultimate Warrior is different because he legally changed his name to Warrior. So it actually was his real name. Uh, it was like Warrior Warrior. That was his name. So he got to be Warrior everywhere he went. <coughs> anyway, this car accident in the 90s with Psycho Sid, you know, and it's reported Psycho Sid, Flash Funk, and others in a car accident. It's just, it just sounds ridiculous. I picture a, a car flipping over. 20 times like in a cartoon and these guys are in their wrestling gear and it's and then you come out and they have little like tweety birds and stars over their head so anyways that's the plane ride from hell when it's talking about all these wrestlers on this airplane and it's nature boy rick flair and it's the undertaker and it's kevin nash and it's scott hall and it's mr perfect and it's uh, uh stone cold steve austin and x-pac and all these guys and I'm just picturing I'm picturing that wrestlers get on an airplane and they just act the same way that they do in the ring, which is kind of true, except, you know, hopped up on pills and drugs and booze and everything else. Um, and so, uh, you know, it seems like, I don't know why. Okay, let me, let me, let me regroup my thoughts here. So when in 2002, this, this story came out, it sounded like, it sounded like just, you know, tomfoolery. The same kind of tomfoolery that, like, uh, you know, we we would go have a, a wrestling match at a at a high school, and then we, you know, we'd win and we'd f- be feeling pretty good, and we're not drinking or drugging or anything like that. We're just on the bus being knuckleheads, being you know a bunch of fourteen year old, fifteen year old kids, just being dummies. And you know, like when we would leave a football game, and the ri- the rival school was getting on their bus in the parking lot, and you know, you're all everybody's screaming, "You fucking suck!" Middle finger, and you know, doing the DX crotch thing that everyone in the '90s did. Every teenager in the '90s, you know, pointing to their dick all the time. Yeah, suck it, suck it, yeah, suck it, suck it. And having a bunch of laughs, and. uh <laughs> That's what I picture these, you know, the airplane, the airplane ride from hell, the flight from hell. It's like, oh yeah, back in 2002, the reports came out. It was like, yeah, Mr. Perfect and Brock Lesnar are trying to have a takedown competition in the middle of the aisle and they're slamming each other up against the emergency door and they could have killed everybody. That makes me laugh. It's very dangerous. And of course, as we learn in Dark Side of the Ring, anybody, I guess, who knows about airplanes, I don't know shit about airplanes. I guess that emergency door, that, that door ain't coming open. Uh, in midair, no matter how many Brock Lesnar's and Mr. Perfect's and anybody else is slamming each other into it. So that's good. Otherwise, yeah, they would have all been dead. Otherwise, <laughs> some of the top wrestlers of all time would have plunged into the ocean back in May of 2002. Steve Austin, Undertaker, Diesel, Razor Ramon, One Two Three Kid, Mr. Perfect, Gold Dust, Jim Ross, Vince McMahon, Linda McMahon. An insane amount of the top names of wrestling would have all died in one one fell swoop, right off, literally off the map. If uh, if Mr. Perfect and Brock Lesnar had been successful in slamming that door open, so it's like okay, a bunch of knuckleheads slamming each other around. I think I was pretty sure Triple H was on that flight too, because I the story I always heard was he was trying to he was the one who broke them up, but I, I don't know, neither here nor there. Anyway, no harm, no foul, and Mr. Perfect would not die that day. He would only die uh, eight months later of a cocaine overdose, so. Oh, well. Uh, very sad, though. He was one of my favorite wrestlers. Seemed like seemed like a really nice guy slash huge dick in real life, but I loved, I loved Mr. Perfect. Every time Mr. Perfect was not in WWF, I would say, oh, I hope I hope this is the time Mr. Perfect comes back. I hope Mr. Perfect comes back. And he would always leave. He would come back. He came back in the 1992 Survivor Series, wrestled a big comeback match with Macho Man against Ric Flair and Razor Ramon. 
And then a year later, just before he was supposed to be in next year's Survivor Series, he disappeared. Two years later, he came back at the 1995 Survivor Series as a surprise to do commentary. I was so excited. A year later, he left right before the 1996. Boy, Mr. Perfect was like, he could, you could pretty much set your watch to Mr. Perfect leaving or coming back around the Survivor Series every year. In any event, that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, but the story of the plane ride from hell is like, yeah, Mr. Perfect and Brock Lesnar slamming each other up against the wall. Goldust is singing to his ex-wife, which just, you know, and it sounds like it's not, it just sounds like drunken silliness. And it's just like, it's just good time fun with the good time boys. And I'm picturing, when when and people say this stuff, I'm picturing that Brock Lesnar is in his wrestling tights. I picture that Mr. Perfect is in his neon-colored singlet and his boots because I can't <laughs> because I picture wrestlers no matter where they are they're never in casual street clothes they're just in their wrestling gear like the action figure version of them if you buy a wrestling action figure that's what the wrestler looks like so I picture these wrestlers getting on their plane getting on a plane getting in a rental car and they're just in their gear that they just you know like when you're a little kid well I didn't think this cuz my parents were both teachers so I knew what was up but when you're a little kid and you think that like the teachers live at the school and that like the bus drive you know the teachers ride the bus with you and you all sit in, in the, I don't know just this, the silliness that you don't know about oh yeah these people are just regular people and they go home and they have regular lives although wrestlers I don't know to what degree they have regular lives. The wrestlers nowadays, yes, probably, because they're all home. When they go home, they hang out and they relax and they make, uh, they play video games and they make uh, video game Twitch streams and stuff like that. The wrestlers uh, of a previous generation, there was just lots of coke, lots of booze, lots of pills, lots of women, brother. Just doing what we do, brother. Uh, and Ric Flair is, you know, he's the leader of, of all of that. Ric Flair is, a, he's a nonstop party. It's well documented that Ric Flair, he loves to party. He loves the drinkies. He loves the ladies. Woo, Space Mountain. But uh, but that's the thing. So you were this plane ride from hell. You got these two idiots wrestling, almost slamming into the emergency door. Yeah, Goldust, who I'm picturing is in his gold face paint in his robes, singing to his ex-wife. You've got X-Pac cutting uh, Doc Hendricks' mullet, which is funny. That's a funny story. Uh, and then it's like, okay, and Ric Flair is dancing around in his robe, and he's got nothing on underneath. It doesn't say Ric Flair is opening up his robe and making his dick do a helicopter thing, and he's swirling it around like a helicopter. It didn't say anything like that. It's the fact that the WWE Network actually has a cartoon reenactment of Ric Flair. And he's talking about like, oh, yeah, baby, when I would get on the plane and there were six stewardesses lined up, lined up, ready to go with the nature boy. And they say, come sit on my lap, nature boy. And they take the robe out of the closet and they say, oh, Ric Flair, is this your robe? I've already done this. I did this last time, but... Forgive me, I just can't help it. And it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon reenactment. It's like, oh, okay. And I'm a naive son of a gun, so I believe stuff. I'm like, okay. Yeah, Ric Flair loves to party. Loves to drink. Loves to dance. Loves to wrestle. Loves to ride. Get the ladies on Space space Mountain. Woo! And uh, at no point do I think like, oh, okay. You know, he's, he's possibly, you know, harassing some of them. Because I'm... I'm stupid. Uh, and then this uh, this documentary comes out, and it's talking about Ric Flair doing all of those things. And then when you hear the real accounts from people who are on the plane, and not just the wrestlers, but staff, you know, the flight attendant, uh, Heidi Doyle, who was on that plane, who, you know, I'm a pretty good judge of people. I'm a pretty good judge of character and things like that. And, you know, there's times where, like, it's when I meet somebody... Uh, you know, you can tell, like, okay, this person's a, a prick. You know, like, when I first met, uh, there's somebody who, who used to be very close to a, a, a very close relative of mine. Uh, a very close relative had a very good friend. And the first time I met this friend, I said, whoa, man, what am I missing here? 
Because this person seems like a big fucking scumbag. Like, just a total selfish prick. Just so unpleasant to be around and so unlikable. But, hey, okay, well, if this very close family member of mine is is down with this person, then I can, it's cool with me. And now they're, they're, their friendship has, has since come to an end because this person was every bit the piece of shit that, uh, that, we, that I thought from pretty much day one, pretty much minute one of day one. So, oh, well, but I'm a, I'm a pretty good. So I'm watching this Heidi Doyle on Dark Side of the Ring, and she's, uh, you know, she's really keeping it together. And you can tell that she is, uh, you know, she's got one of those smiles that's, that's there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of sadness and anger and all these things uh, behind it. It's, you know, it's pretty obvious. Uh, it doesn't seem to me, you know, she's not, uh, She's already sued WWF long ago, which I maybe I knew that once upon a time. And uh, so, you know, she's just here to tell the story. And it's not like, you know, she's even she even stopped herself a few times because she didn't want to she didn't want to go too far in damaging the re- reputation of some of these wrestlers. Even even with what allegedly happened to her on this plane, she's still in her retelling of the story is like kind of holding off a little bit it sounds like in any case it's very it's very hard not to believe her you know and that's the thing that sucks when somebody says oh you know why didn't you come forward a long time ago it's like well they're coming forward now and nobody believes her so like you know all the rick flair fanboys out there no way he would have done that or the same person on the other side of the mouth saying, well, yeah, but we knew that for 20 years, so why do you even care now? It's like, well, obviously we didn't all know it for 20 years. If you knew this for 20 years, how come you didn't say anything until now, you dummy? So it's all to me for the last 20 years has been this fun little silly story of dumbass wrestlers, uh, you know. And I'm picturing all of this stuff happening simultaneously. That's the other thing. In my mind, you know, there's no timeline. You watch Dark Side of the Ring, you get a better understanding of the timeline. I maybe once upon a time I knew, but I don't really give a shit. So it was news to me that they were delayed on the tarmac for seven hours and went through three carts of liquor. They basically went through a liquor store in seven hours while they were sitting waiting to take off, plus all the pills and all the other shit that they were doing back then. Uh, you know, I, I heard little bits and pieces of that. I don't, I don't commit it all to memory because. My life does not actually revolve around the plane ride from hell from 2002. I hadn't really thought about it much in the last 20 years until the, the Dark Side of the Ring came on with that episode last week. Uh, so to me, in my mind, it was always simultaneously Brock Lesnar and Mr. Perfect are wrestling. Simultaneously, X-Pac is cutting Michael P.S. Hayes, a.k.a. Doc Hendricks, uh, mullet while he's sleeping quote-unquote, sleeping. Uh, Goldust is on the PA, <laughs> to me, with full face paint and, and robes, singing to his ex-wife. And right next to him is Ric Flair, strutting up and down the aisle with his robe on and naked underneath. And that's the other thing. I'm so naive that I'm just thinking, oh, Ric Flair, you know, he takes all his clothes off and then he just puts his robe on and he's running around naked uh, with no clothes on. You know, naked underneath the robe. But not whipping out his dick and helicoptering his 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 wang in front of all the wrestlers and the flight attendants. So it's a very different in my mind. It was a very sort of silly, stupid, you know, locker room esque flight. Nobody ever meant you know. I didn't even in my in my imagination. I didn't even picture flight attendants. I didn't even picture a pilot. I just pictured like this plane just magically floating through the air. This wrestler plane, this wrestler plane of nonsense going over the Atlantic Ocean. Anyways, I just said uh, 20 minutes ago I wasn't going to talk about this, and here we've been talking about it for 20 minutes. But anyway, Rick, you know, now Rick Flair is speaking up a little bit, and of course he never did any of that. And Rob Van Dam, who was on the plane, who was also in the documentary, who said in the documentary, <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, Rick Flair was, uh, you know, pushing himself up against this lady and forcing her uh, to touch him uh, on, on the old schlonger. And now he's he's on Twitter saying that he never said that, and he said, "Of course, of course, he was uh, 
some ridiculous thing. He said, of course, Rick was was right in front of her. She was she was blocking the entrance to the bathroom or something like that. So of course, of course, he's going to be right there. She wouldn't let him get past her and go to the. So now now she's the one who's who's not letting him. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. And at the end of the day, you just have to kind of sit there and say, yeah, I think. I think all the wrestlers that I grew up really liking as a kid are just huge pieces of shit. Not that this is a new uh, <laughs> new revelation, but it's like, oh my gosh, they're just so unlikable, so many of them. Not old Hacksaw, though. Old Hacksaw Duggan, two by four, ho! But guess what? He was an asshole, too. Uh, because he was dating my he was dating my aunt Tina for a while, and uh, he was not didn't have the coolest head from what I have been told. Not a not an even keeled guy. Yeah, old hacksaw had a little he had a little temper, a little angry side that could come out as he uh, as he tried to kick down the door to my aunt's house to break the door down. I don't know. So yeah, he's whatever. But he's a that's you know, he's a nice guy now though, right? Uh, anyway, I feel like the wrestlers who are currently out there for the most part really, you know, they really do. They're such nerds. They just they play video games, and they're just like wrestling fans and video game fans. It's I, I feel like if that's that's the that's the locker room I would want to be in. Because it's and also it's not just a bunch of dudes. There's a lot of women there, which probably balances things out a little bit. And yeah, you know, you got you got alpha females and alpha males, so I'm sure there's a lot of dickheads in the locker room still, but nothing like it used to be. I'm sure there aren't a lot of turds uh winding up in people's luggage anymore like uh like back in the old days. But yeah. Anyway, but but good news about wrestling. I didn't talk about the last month has been incredible to be a wrestling fan. It's been fucking awesome. Going back to July when WWE, you know, they all all the wrestling companies went back to being live in person. John Cena returned, which was cool. You know, it's like, okay, there's a big name. He's coming back for the summer of Cena. He was on every show every week through the end of August, through SummerSlam. You had an incredible Money in the Bank ladder match back in July. And Big E, Big E won the Money in the Bank, which was, I remember watching that pay-per-view, because it was their first uh, event back in front of a live audience, and not that stupid Thunderdome, and I'm watching the pay-per-view, and I'm just like, "Ah, it's just more of the same, it doesn't matter if they're in the Thunderdome or in front of a live audience, these matches just, they're just not that great, there's just nothing compelling about watching this product anymore. And there probably hasn't been for a while. It's just a little bit maybe more exposed with the Thunderdome. But now they're back in front of a live audience at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view in July. And I'm watching it and I'm just like, God, this is this is not great. But then, oh baby, they got to the men's Money in the Bank match. And it was one of the most fun matches I can recall watching in a long, long time. And then to top it all off, they gave us the ending that we liked. Big E, one of the most likable characters and seemingly one of the most likable human beings in that locker room, grabs the money in the bank contract, and then, what was it, last last week? Seven, eight, eight, nine days ago, last last week's Monday Night Raw, he cashes in the contract against Bobby Lashley, which is a guaranteed title shot. He beats Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. That's cool. That's a guy, oh, it's like, good. The good guy wins, like literally, in life. The good guy in life is the champion. That's exciting. That's nice. Just like when Kofi Kingston won the championship at WrestleMania a couple years ago. Of course, that ended horribly when they uh, when he lost to Brock Lesnar in about, what, four seconds on SmackDown? What a fucking joke. Oh, yeah, Lesnar, too. I, f- I forgot. I've already forgotten about him uh, exposing himself to, to Terry Reynolds in the locker room. But at least that's no like great thing because I have no interest. I've never had any particular fondness for Brock Lesnar. Great wrestler. His matches are great, but I don't give a shit when he's there, and I don't notice when he's not. I'm not one of those guys who's just like, oh, it's so boring. I can't wait for Brock Lesnar to come back. 
Oh, yeah, Brock Lesnar's back. Oh, and he looks so cool with that ponytail and that beard. He's cool. He's oh, he's in a flannel. He's just a regular guy like us. Uh, he's just a regular guy with a giant compound in Saskatchewan where he lives in some remote territory that's not even on a map, on a grid, anywhere. Nobody can find it except for his three most trusted associates who must be blindfolded every time they come to his house. Even the driver has to be blindfolded when he comes to the house to pick up Brock Lesnar to take him to take him to the wrestling match, to take him to the airfield. Uh, it's just one of us. He's a guy. He's just a guy like us. It's so funny how the... Yeah, whatever. The guys who are nothing like us are the ones that people really think are like... They're, that's He's like me. He's just like me. He's a billionaire, just like me. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, it's great. Big E is a champion in WWE. Roman Reigns is an awesome... He's just been such a prick. His character is so good and so interesting and so fun to watch because he's such a son of a bitch, and it's great. And what's great about it is the fans boo him. You know, nowadays, if uh, if somebody... If somebody's so bad, you know, such a prick, but they're so entertaining to watch, they'll be cheered no matter what. Fans just legitimately boo Roman Reigns, which I love. It's uh, similar over there on AEW. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, gets booed out of the building. He is so... Since the very first AEW pay-per-view, where I didn't even know who this guy was, and he just comes out in his dopey scarf, and he starts running down... uh, I feel like he was he came out and he shit on Bret Hart, who was there to present the first AEW world title back in 2019 at that paper their first pay-per-view. And MJF came out and he's oh, he's just laying fucking zingers left and right. And I'm like, who is this fucking guy? He reminded me of he reminded me of Shawn Michaels. When Shawn Michaels was a young uh villain. Uh, just and then in DX, you know, Shawn Michaels as a bad guy, there was nothing better. And this MJF reminded me of him, or like a Rowdy Roddy Piper when Piper was evil and you know still had his you know fucking wits about him. Uh, AEW is just oh, it's just fun. WWE mostly sucks. The Big E title win, Roman Reigns. I I don't know. I, I guess there's some other fun stuff here and there, but for me, that's that's about it. That's about where it ends. I, I've. <laughs> You know, I try to watch these shows and they're just, it's its like the same episode every week. They have the same match and then they have a rematch next week and then they have a tag team match with the same guys and then they it's like, okay, you really, you have like the biggest roster. You can't bring out some new people and have them take part in this and no, nah, okay. You have, I mean, it's only, it's a three hour show every Monday. You don't have like more than, more than the same like eight people. No, okay, all right. Yeah, okay, fun. Uh, so Big E is a breath of fresh air. Roman Reigns has been a breath of fresh air. Paul Heyman is always great as the mouthpiece of Roman Reigns. Uh, and then that's about it. And then I just don't care about anything else. And I try to, and I try to watch it, and I try to care, and it's, they make it very easy to not care. But look, it ain't for me. Like, I'm I'm pretty close to... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just about the same age that my parents were when I was... 11 and 12 and really into wrestling and they thought it was stupid because it wasn't being made for them and at some point i have to wake up and say oh yeah i'm not the guy they're trying to get i'm not i'm not 18 i'm not 15 i'm not in my early 20s or whatever the hell it is whatever demographic they're you know it's a kid demographic but they want to you know keep the kids into their as long as they can but i'm i'm just not that guy so the show's not for me and that's okay. But then I turn over on Wednesday nights in AEW, and not all of that is for me either. It's, it's not like every show is a fucking home run. You have fanboys of both who say like, oh, it's the greatest thing. It's really, really good. AEW is the best that they've been. And now they have, they have Brian Danielson, who was a huge star in WWE. They have CM Punk, who stepped away from the entire wrestling industry in 2014 because he hated it so much because he hated working for WWE so much because he he thought that he would he would die in the ring he he hated it he had he had such a lousy final couple of years that he walked away literally 
did not show up for work and never came back. And then AEW comes along and after almost eight years, uh, revitalizes his love of wrestling, gives him a newfound spirit for professional wrestling and he's back and he's happy. And it's like, Oh my God, see AEW got CM Punk. This is huge. They got, and they got Brian Danielson a week later, two weeks later, whatever it was. And they got Adam Cole who was one of my favorite guys in ring of honor. I remember watching the Adam Cole back in 2014, Adam Cole versus Jay Briscoe. And they're stapling shit to each other's foreheads. It's just a brutal, brutal match at uh, Ring of Honor, whatever the pay-per-view was. But it's like, holy crap, this Adam Cole guy, man, he's got a future. He's got he's got the goods. And then he and then he came to NXT, which is a, which is a WWE brand. And that's where they they bring in lesser known guys who are maybe in smaller companies, international stars perhaps that we don't really know about in the states, or younger independent wrestlers that uh, people people in the know have probably heard of, but but the rest of uh, the casual fans don't. And they bring them to NXT, and they they get to showcase just how talented they are. And then, in theory, these wrestlers leave NXT and go to the main WWE roster. And become equally as big, if not bigger, stars than they were in NXT. The only problem is when they get to the main roster, then Vince McMahon gets to put his paws all over everything. And he gets to to Vincify all these great wrestlers uh, that we all loved on NXT who basically got to continue being that same persona and that same character that they had been prior to coming to NXT. And then they show up on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, or Royal Rumble, or WrestleMania, or something, and that the 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 reaction and the ovation that they get is blows the roof off the place, and it's like, oh my God, this this person's actually on Raw. So and so is on Raw. This is a huge. This is awesome. Shinsuke Nakamura is on Raw. He's gonna be a champion. He's gonna he's gonna have great things ahead of him. He's one of the best. And then it just you know Samoa Joe, all these guys, and then it just doesn't. It doesn't really happen. For a few of them, yeah, it did. But it was mostly the guys who had already been WWE stars who left WWE, came back, came up through NXT again, and then became stars on the main roster because they were they had the Vince McMahon blessing a long time ago, like a like a Drew McIntyre type of uh, type of a person. So, yeah, Adam Cole, big time NXT star. We're just waiting patiently. Oh my God, he's gonna come to he's gonna come to the main roster and he's gonna be like the next Shawn Michaels because he is a great, you know, he's fun on the mic, he's awesome in the ring, he's got that look, you know, good looking guy, long hair, whatever. And uh and then they offer WWE offers Adam Cole a dump truck full of money. And he turns it down because he's not he he can't, he doesn't give a shit about them. He wants to be a professional wrestler, and evidently they wanted him to be a manager. Instead of showcasing all of his talent in the ring, they were going to put him with somebody as his manager. And he said, "Fuck that! I'm a wrestler." So we went to AEW. Brian Danielson made made it a point to say in his interview when he came to AEW made it a point to say, "I was really happy." Basically saying, unlike CM Punk, who was miserable in WWE, I was really, really happy at WWE. That's even worse, right? If you're miserable in WWE, yeah, of course you're going to go to AEW, potentially. Brian Danielson has gone out of his way on multiple occasions to say how happy he was in WWE, and he still came to AEW. What does that tell you? AEW is now the place where wrestlers want to go. And if all the good wrestlers want to go there, then all the fans of good wrestling are also going to follow. And that's the difference between now and in the 90s. Back in the 90s, all the big-time stars from WWF were going to WCW. Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, Jeff Jarrett, Mr. Perfect, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Razor Ramon, The 1-2-3 Kid, Lex Luger, and the list goes on and on and on. They went there not so much to say, oh, this is where the best wrestling is and I can really, I can really hone my craft. No, they went there because WCW had Ted Turner's money and could pay 
hundreds of thousands of dollars more than WWE could ever afford to pay for these guys. So they went to WCW for the money. And then WCW went out of business. People followed WCW for a while because all the top stars that they knew from WWF were there. And then they, and then after a while, you realize, like, wow, WCW, even with all the best wrestlers, this, this place stinks. <laughs> it's not fun to watch. It just stinks. And people caught on to that, and they stopped watching. AEW is different in the sense that it's not people – are, people are leaving WWE where they could, in most cases, probably make more money than they could in AEW, even though AEW is run by – I mean, it's the it's the Khan family. They own the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're not, uh, you know, I guess that's mom and pop, but it's mom and pop billionaires. So yeah, they can they can pay good money. My concern is that they're not over. Uh, you know, obviously they're they're spending more than they're making right now. But I hope that the uh, you know whatever whatever long term forecasts, whatever financial plan, business plan, business model that they have, uh, you know, hopefully there's a break even point that comes soon, and I'm sure it will. But, but nevertheless, wrestlers are going to AEW because they love wrestling. AEW is fun. Every character is different. Every character has a unique look, a unique style, a unique personality. It's all the stuff that people who fell in love with wrestling fell in love with wrestling for. Whether it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that's the shit that I got into wrestling because they had all these different characters. They were all shapes and sizes, different personalities, different looks, different everything. And it was fun because you got a little bit of, uh, yeah, okay, one match is going to have the really good wrestlers. The other match is going to have the not-so-great wrestlers, but it's uh, they're interesting characters. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do to each other. And that's the kind of shit that AEW has now. And WWE has a lot of really good wrestlers who, can't, who are basically limited because there's a certain way of wrestling in front of the, the WWE fans, in front of the WWE crowd on television. If you go to the non-televised show, you're probably going to get something that looks very different from what you watch on WWE's television program. But AEW, this is the place that wrestlers want to go. Not because they're, oh, hey, I put in my time in WWE. Now I'm going to go for three, three, four, five years and make some easy, easy few million bucks uh, in AEW and then retire. No, this is where people who are either they lost their, their passion for the business, they lost their love of professional wrestling, whatever reason. Or they love WWE, but they still felt limited in what they could do. And they're saying, this is where I need to be. AEW is where I need to be because that's where, that's where wrestling is. And it's fucking fun. That's all I want. It doesn't have to be, <laughs> it doesn't have to be like the greatest uh, storyline. It doesn't have to be this. It, doesn't have to, it just has to be fun. I just want, I want to be entertained. And if you sit through three hours of Raw on Monday night, there's very little about that in my eyes that's entertaining. Mainly because it looks the same as what we saw the previous week. The exception of Big E winning the title, that's cool. That's entertaining. That's a surprise. That's the kind of shit that I tune in for. AEW, you've got, you've got these new guys. You know, you've got huge stars showing up. Surprise new stars. And you've got an established roster of people that two years ago, nobody had any idea they even existed. And now they're major stars. MJF, Darby Allen. It's, I'm going to sit here and list all of them. Um, and then stars who were pretty big names two years ago, but had never set foot in a WWE ring, like Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, all these guys. And then stars who we all knew, like Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes, uh, you know, Sting, <laughs> all these all these names. And now you got CM Punk and you've got uh, Brian Danielson and you got Adam Cole. And it's it's really it's very exciting. And it's like, boy, the sky is the limit. And they let these guys go and be their, be themselves, be their characters. Britt Baker, one of my, that's my, that's one of my favorite characters right now, and has been for the last, I don't know, year, year and a half. She's such a prick, and then she's great in the ring. It's it's what you want, like a villain who acts like a total asshole, seems cowardly, but then in the ring turns it up. And it's just like, oh my god, that's that's a real that's a real piece of shit right there. But so compelling to watch. She's so entertaining. And then her is a boyfriend or husband, Adam Cole. And of course, yeah, obviously he's gonna want to come to AEW for that reason too. If if my girlfriend is in another company and I don't see her because we're both traveling 
around the country, around the world on completely different schedules, we're never going to see each other. So yeah, let's go be in the same locker room. And from all accounts, morale is great in the AEW locker. I mean, people are just, it's, it's wrestlers who are passionate about wrestling and entertaining the fans and not being held down or limited by, you know, stupid cartoon nonsense that, that Vince McMahon has always had a hard on for. That's why it's so fun. And to get to hear, I mean, if it weren't for AEW, CM Punk would just, he probably would never return to wrestling in any way, shape, or form. AEW showed him what a real wrestling company can be like that treats its wrestlers well. You know, he saw how when uh, when John Huber died, who was, uh, he was Luke Harper, he was the uh, the exalted one in the, in the dark order of AEW. And uh, he, very tragically, He's my age. He passed away last December. And they they put on a great tribute show for him. They signed his son, who's, I think, six or seven years old. They signed him to a contract. Like, they're taking care of the family. They're taking care of the kid. They're just, you know, they couldn't have handled it any better. And there was, the word is that CM Punk just saw how well uh, John Huber and his family were treated in the wake of his... Uh, of his demise and, and said, okay, this is a company that really gives a shit about people, gives a shit about its wrestlers, gives a shit about its fans, listens to its fans, listens to the, I mean, that's, yeah, that's what it should be. It fucking should be that way. There's so many times where Vince McMahon just, it's like, wow, he just seems to be really just deliberately trolling a certain group of wrestling fans just to make sure that, uh, that he pisses them off. I can't say that I wouldn't be doing the same if I were him. It seems like kind of a fun thing to be able to do, to listen to a bunch of fans tell you what they want your product to look like, and then you tell them, go fuck yourself, and, and still maintain a great deal of success. That's the thing. There's a lot of companies where you don't have to listen <laughs> to, to people, and you might not be in business this time next year. WWE is so huge they've the, you know the machine is just going to keep on running and you can unplug and plug in anybody you want and it's it's too big to fail so but that's also part of the reason why a lot of these great wrestlers leave and go to go to AEW go to other places and it's uh, and it seems like there's more to follow and it's all the same name the guys who were coming to WWE and NXT back in 2000 whatever 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, basically those years. And I was saying, oh, my God, these are all my favorite guys from Ring of Honor, my favorite guys from New Japan, my favorite guys, you know, all these names are in WWE. This is incredible. And now many of them have left, and it seems like several more in the the coming months are, are going to be following. And it never... I just thought, yes, this is finally going to be the time where, like, these young guys are going to be, that's, that's who we're going to see. But instead it was just, you know, it's more Undertaker, more Brock Lesnar beating, beating all these younger guys. Uh, and, and just, you know, a lot of the same, you know, just shit that Vince McMahon wants to see. Oh, well. So that's cool, though, because now we've got an alternative and I realized how stupid I was back in 2001 when I celebrated Vince McMahon buying WCW and ECW. And I said, yeah, WWF won the war. Yeah, awesome. Now all the big names are going to come to WWF and they're going to have all the dream matches that we've been waiting to see. And it's all going to be so great. And it was not. <laughs> and there are some, look. There's some great fucking moments in the last 20 years of WWE. And I've, that's, you know, WWE doesn't have to worry about me. I'm still going to watch. I'm probably going to delete more Raws and SmackDowns from my DVR than I'm going to watch them. And in the best case scenario, I'm going to spend 10 minutes to fast forward through the whole thing and determine that none of it really looks all that exciting. Uh, But I'm still, I'm not going anywhere because I love pro wrestling. That's also the weird thing is like there's so many of these fuckers who are just like, oh, you, fuck you, WWE, AEW is the only – fuck you, AEW, WWE is the only – like you can watch both. There's no law that says you can't watch both. It's just like these numbskulls who are like, 
Uh, yeah, fuck you, console games, PC games. Well, yeah, okay, great. There's lots of cool PC games. And a lot of them come to the console, and some of them don't, but there's a lot of great console games that you're never going to have on a PC. Yeah, PlayStation, fuck you, Xbox fanboy. Hey, Xbox rules, fuck you, PlayStation homer. What? You could play both. You could actually play all of the good games instead of limiting yourself to one console and missing a whole bunch of games. I just don't get it. But that's what but that's what these that's the whole purpose, right? That's what these fuckers want. That's what Sony and Microsoft and McDonald's and Coke and Pepsi and WWE they all want. They want you to just be so fucking loyal that something else comes along that's actually pretty good. And your response is, fuck that, fuck you. <laughs> Meanwhile, people who aren't like, uh, you know, who haven't totally sold their soul to, the, to, the, to a brand are like, ooh, new video game system, cool. Oh, a new wrestling promotion. Yes, finally, little, a little uh, diversity, mix it up a little bit. So anyway, wrestling's great. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. I hope AEW is around for a long time. They seem to have a good group of people running that company who are not just wrestling fan- I mean you you have to be you have to be a good business person first and foremost. ECW went out of business not because people weren't watching it. They the fans of ECW, I don't know if there's ever been or ever will be a more rabid and loyal fan base than the ECW fans in the 90s. But Paul Heyman ran that company, and he has no business acumen. He had no business running a business. And he was, you know, checks bouncing left and right. He couldn't pay the wrestlers. You know, it's just, it's just not, you know, amateur hour. So it went out of fucking business. Of course it did. Because all the wrestlers left because they said, hey, I love ECW, but you're not going to fucking pay me. Or my check's going to bounce. Yeah, that's not going to pay the rent, dude. That's not going to pay the mortgage. I'm saying I put my kids through college, so I'll go to WWE and make actual money that shows up in my bank account. AEW clearly has, uh, you know, the the people running that company are not just great, you know, good business people, solid business acumen, but they're huge fans. That's a that's a pretty great combination because I'm not so sure Vince McMahon is a fan of pro wrestling. Uh, I'm sure he was once upon a time. I don't know that he has been any time in the last uh, 10 or 20 years or so. And who knows what's going to happen. There's a lot, you know, maybe he is going to sell the company, which is crazy. I can't imagine that. But maybe he has really gotten to a point where he's like, I fucking need to get out of this. I actually, I actually do want to spend some of my life uh, not, <laughs> not living and breathing wrestling WWE 24 hours a day which is all he's done his entire adult life for the last 40 years. So maybe he's kind of like, hey, I'm 70, whatever, 75, 76, whatever he is. And uh, yeah, he's 76. So maybe he's saying like, shit, <laughs> this might be, I, I might actually not be immortal. I might die someday. And maybe I should spend some time doing something else. I don't know. But he seems to, Vince McMahon seems to hate wrestling fans. He seems to hate pro wrestling. He doesn't, you know, you're not allowed to call it pro wrestling. It's sports entertainment. So, eh, it's, uh, it's, he's a great businessman. He certainly knows how to, how to make a buck, how to take anything and turn it into, into millions of dollars. So, that's why WWE is so successful. But he also seems to really, <laughs> really hate pro wrestling. <laughs> oh, man. So, anyways. I don't know what the point of any of this was. I just wanted to talk. I wanted to talk wrestling. That's all. I fucking love wrestling. And I love that AEW gives me so much of what I've, of what's been missing on my TV screen. I mean, NXT uh, filled that, filled that void as far as, uh, you know, North American wrestling, new Japan gave me a lot of, and ring of honor over the years have given me a lot of what I wanted. And even at some point, uh, TNA impact wrestling was great. In 2006, 2007, 2008, that, that company was, I loved what they were putting out there. And then that all, that all kind of went to shit. Because then they were like, hey, let's bring in Hulk Hogan. No. 
please don't bring in Hulk Hogan. Please don't bring in the... Uh. And then they did, and then it was just like, oh, yay, it's Hulk Hogan and the Nasty Boys are on the TV show that used to have really good wrestling and these young up-and-coming wrestlers. <laughs> but, uh, yay, it's the Nasty Boys are here. Cool, that's fun. Uh but it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. There's just there's so much of it. There's I, I can't even count how many hours of WWE there is, exists in a week. There's multiple. There's at least what? There's at least four hours of AEW every week. I I don't have I can't watch it all. I watch what I can, and I really enjoy it. It's just it's just so fun. Uh, there's ring. There's an hour of Ring of Honor. There's a couple hours of TNA every week. There's a there's NWA on YouTube. Uh, Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins runs that show. I don't have time to watch that, but it, bits and pieces I've seen, it's pretty great. Uh, so it's it's exciting. I don't have time to watch much wrestling at all, really. But I, I'll, I'll squeeze in time for the big moments and the big events. And uh, it's just a fun time to be a fan. I wish people would just fucking cool the fuck down. You know, your favorite your favorite wrestling promotion is is maybe not the best right now. So what? Live through the 90s. You know what it was like to be such a WWE fanboy <laughs> and then have WCW steal all of your favorite stars and then have them be, uh, you know, and then go to a, the rival promotion and be really successful and really entertaining. Meanwhile, WWE had, uh, you know, a wrestling plumber and a wrestling hockey player <laughs> and a wrestling... <laughs> A wrestling minotaur or whatever the fuck mantar you know all this all this crap and then uh and then all your favorites go to the other guy and and it's it's like well i gotta watch this and you try to watch wwf and it's just terrible yeah i know what it's like to live through wwf being crappy but it's not you know i don't know i guess i guess i was i was an angry young man too when wcw was kicking wwf's ass every week in the ratings, in the numbers, and everything, stealing, you know, signing away all the biggest and best talent. It was very, <laughs> it was very upsetting. And it's unfortunate because me now, at this age, I don't give a shit anymore. If my favorite wrestlers in WWE or in AEW or in New Japan or wherever they are, I don't care. I'll just watch them. I don't care where it is. It doesn't, it, it used to be that only my favorite wrestlers had to be under the lights of a WWE ring. And that's just not, I just don't give a shit about that anymore. And I wish I had that, uh, that attitude back in the 90s because I would have really appreciated WCW a lot more for what they were giving us. But, eh, oh well. But I was a little kid, 15, 16. So, wrestling is fun. Such a fan of pro wrestling. It's amazing, too. Again, when I think back when I was a kid and my my dad, again, I've mentioned this, this is like the 15th time I've mentioned this, my dad on the phone with the uh, with the Nintendo Power representative trying to sell him on another year's subscription. Oh, but you could save uh, 30% if you get a three-year subscription and you can save 20% on a two-year subscription. Oh, no, my son, my son's 12. He'll be 13 next year. I... I highly doubt he's going to be very interested in video games beyond the age of 13. Oops. <laughs> and I remember sitting there thinking, well, I don't see that happening, but what are you, are you telling me I'm just going to not be interested in video games? I don't like the sound of that. No, you're not going to be as interested in video games uh, at the age of 13 as you were at the age of 12. You're going to be more interested. And then when you're 41, you're really going to be interested in them. And it's never going to die. Hey, that's something. Well, I switched real quick over to over to uh, to video games. Have you played Twelve Minutes? It's it's at times frustrating, but what a cool concept! It's an all star cast that has Willem Dafoe, has Daisy Ridley, it has uh, that what's his name guy who played uh, Professor X. I can't think of his name. He's good too. It's basically those three and. It's one of those, it's a top-down, it takes place in this little apartment. There's basically three rooms that you can go in, and there's items in every room, and there's, what happens is, he comes home to his wife, 
And they're going to sit down, have a nice dinner. She has an announcement. They're talking. They're in love. Everything's great. Then there's a knock on the door, and it's Willem Dafoe playing a cop. And he says, ma'am, you're under, the re- under arrest for the murder of your father 10 years ago, whatever it is. And you can, you know, as you play as the husband, and you can choose to do a number of things. You can, you can try to stab him with the kitchen knife. You can, you know, there's all these things. And, and basically, uh, Willem Dafoe's character, you know, something happens, and poof, it's like Groundhog Day. You're back to, you're back to uh, you know, 12 minutes ago when you just came home to your wife. And so now you, now you start to get the rhythm down and you start to get the timing down and you say, okay, I've got this much time before the wife comes out of the bathroom and says this. I've got this much time before the evil cop shows up. I've got th- I can do this combination, but I can't. Do- if I do this, I'm not going to be able to do that. And there's just this seemingly endless combination of things and most of the choices bring you right back. I mean, pretty much all of the choices bring you right back to, uh, boom, you're back, and it's it's 12 minutes ago, and you're, you've just walked in the door from work, and the same sequence of events happens over and over and over and over again, and you have to figure out a way to get out of this time loop. And there's lots of twists, and there's 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 things where you say, okay, I did it. It's the happy ending. I, I solved it. Everybody's good. Everybody stays alive. This and then boom. You're back to 12 minutes ago. And the character's saying, what the fuck? What the fuck? I did everything right. And it's, it, it was great fun. It was a great way to spend a few hours on a Sunday. It's on, uh, well, it's on Xbox Game Pass. And I don't know where else you can get it. Probably other places. But if you can get on the Xbox, I'm sure it's on a PC somewhere. I have no idea. I'm sure it's on Steam. But I don't, I don't know. 12 minutes. Highly recommend. I've been talking for almost an hour. Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to go. I just wanted to talk about uh, I wanted to talk about wrestling. There's so much going on as of late. And then tonight, tonight you're getting Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. That is a huge that's a to me that's like 5 years ago I was thinking like, "Oh man, maybe Kenny Omega will come to WWE and he'll have Oh my gosh, they'll have Kenny Omega versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Kenny Omega versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. All this, Kevin Owens, any of these guys. And and now we've got it in AEW. And it's it's a huge pay-per-view caliber main event match. And they're they're giving it to you. Giving it to you for free tonight. I will be tuned in, I, I hope. I'm sure I'll forget. You know, you're a parent, you got... There, there are other things going on besides wrestling, but if I remember to tune in, I'll tune in, but I'll record it, and then I'll tune in later. So, in any event, it's going to be zoppity. It's going to be fun. Uh, I, don't, I don't own a wrestling company. I wouldn't have put this on free TV. Uh, I would have saved this for a big pay-per-view, get those pay-per-view buys, but hey, this is going to get a lot of eyeballs. This is going to this is going to get some big numbers, I'm sure. I hope. Anyway, that's it. My mouth hurts from talking for one straight hour. That's why I, that's why I wake up with these fucking this sore jaw. It's just, I sit here and I talk and I don't take a break. But now I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go. My break is that I'm going to go back to work. That's the break. <laughs> yeah, good fun. All right. Talk to you next time. If you're a wrestling fan, enjoy wrestling. If you're not a wrestling fan... This was probably a very long uh, 58 minutes for you. Uh, But hopefully, uh, maybe you learned a thing or two. Or maybe you've decided, hey, I'm going to give this wrestling thing a shot and see what it's all about. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Unless you're on on an airplane for several hours in 2002. And then it's probably not that fun. But right now, it's fun. And I know the old-time wrestlers, they hate the young wrestlers because they're not... They're not jacked up on steroids, brother. They're not out doing booze and coke and pills and banging strippers, brother. (laughs) All they do is they play video games. That's bullshit. Disrespectful, brother, to the business, brother. Eh, fuck you. Wrestling's great. The young guys are fucking awesome. The young girls are fucking awesome. It's all good fun. And there's something for everyone. You're not going to get three straight hours of stuff that you like on Monday Night Raw. There's something for everyone on that. There's a there's there's something somewhere every week in that three hours that I am like, okay, well, 
the rest of the show sucked, but that 90 seconds was really entertaining, <laughs> which is why I fast forward through Monday Night Raw because it's usually it is about 90 seconds worth of stuff that I'm that I find entertaining. But anyway, but there's something. There's Raw, there's SmackDown, there's AEW Dynamite, there's AEW Rampage on Fridays, there's Impact, there's Ring of Honor, there's New Japan. It's, it's just so much. There's NWA. It's just tons, tons and tons of stuff. Great time to be a wrestling fan. All right, talk to you next time. Later, Gators.